You're tuned in to the biggest balls of them all. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast. We got sports and comedy for that ass. You about to go downtown, bitch, on the only podcast that sports platinum and brunette chicks. That's right. Playing with Balls podcast, you dig? Hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's edition of the Playing With Balls podcast. I'm your host, Shannon Lee. And as always, we have the beautiful Callie the Bulldog here ready to bark or fart in the background, whatever she so desires with her little fat nugget butt. And this week, I'm really excited because we've got Philly native. Eddie Wall on the podcast. Eddie was a professional snowboarder and snowboarding is something that I try to do um, not very well. So I'm actually very excited to talk to somebody who's really good at it um, because it's such a daring and bold sport in the first place, like hitting rails and all that kind of stuff. And uh, he was from, he grew up in Philly. So it kind of aligns with our Philly-esque emphasis area for the podcast. Since as everybody that listens knows, I'm always trying to get the Philly in here. So that was an added bonus. And Eddie has been a professional snowboarder for the past 15 years. He was really influential on teams like DC and Form Snowboards in a couple movies. So, you know, a little bougie there, a little bit of Hollywood. But mostly I've heard just a little bit of his backstory in terms of his drive and motivation and, uh, you know, sort of risk taking to become a professional snowboarder. And I think anybody that wakes up in the morning when you're like five years old and knows what you want to do with your life, like, first of all, fuck those people. Okay. Cause not a lot of us feel that way, but I'm also very inspired, motivated and, and in all of those people. Cause don't most of us spend like our whole lives trying to figure shit out, man. I'm still trying to figure shit out, you know? Um, broadcasting from my living room and so Eddie's story is really cool because he was sort of one of those people that always knew what he wanted to do and he took the risks necessary and almost had that sort of like ignorance is bliss type of an attitude because the less he knew when he was younger the more he just sort of had a singular mind and goal towards this one thing so I'm excited to um, bring him onto the podcast talk about his focus and how he got where he was talk about like I said doing some cool shit like he did this crazy land I don't know what it's called next to like a huge truck hitting rails being a part of big important events and um here where he's at now so please welcome to the podcast Eddie Wall uh former pro snowboarder and my first snowboarder on the podcast so Eddie thanks for being here oh thank you very much uh, excited to be on the show yeah I'm excited because I love snowboarding and selfishly, I just want to talk to you about it because I really want to get better at it. <laughs> I've been trying for like too many years to be as bad as I am. But also, um, we have a mutual friend in common, uh, Par- Parrot. <laughs> Barrett Perlman. Yep. And uh, so Barrett actually uh, you know, hooked us up so you could be on the podcast. And she was uh, on maybe a month and a half ago. For those uh, that listen that remember the episode for Her Life After X documentary which i also hear that you are a part of yeah yeah that's how we met actually she reached out oh that's awesome uh to do that documentary and uh and i'm i'm pretty excited about that because it's a it's a pretty interesting topic that doesn't really ever get covered so that we talked a lot about it too and i wanted to talk to you a little bit about it is in terms of like your experiences with sort of you know after snowboarding and what that life is like in the industry and how it's changed and all that kind of stuff and just like extreme sports in general like where are they now 
versus where they were, you know, when you were snowboarding. So that's a lot of questions. Yeah, I'm but, down there. But we'll get into <laughs> it. But yeah, no, Barrett's awesome. And um, she was on for wakeboarding, but then also the documentary. Cool. Which hopefully should get made sometime next year. Also, she was one of our sponsors for uh, Home Run Derby. So oh, we always yeah. like to give her shouts. Yeah. Cool. She got a, um, I think he's like a seven-year-old boy. Uh, his first skateboard pack Red. as a result of uh, Life After X sponsoring our uh, Home Run Derby event. So it was really cool. That is awesome. Yeah. So w- before we started, we found out we're from the same place. Yeah, I know. Co- that's sort of. Yeah. But I mean, seeing as how we're in L.A., it's very we're very close neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> Philly in the house. Yeah, yeah. I always get really excited because as you can see. Um, I know you said you don't follow organized sports. I'm an Eagles fan. Yep, so yep. I'm well, actually, if I, you know, if I have to pick teams, like I'm always like, okay, Eagles and Phillies and Flyers. Well, that's, you know what? That's what everyone should say. Right. If you have to pick, <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but in fact, I'm, I'm such a hardcore fan. I'm going to the game, the Chargers game. They're, they're, uh, the Eagles are in LA this weekend. Oh, red. Cool. Um, or whenever, cause this will probably be aired after that. So I'll All talk right. about it after that. But yeah, so you grew up in the Phil- greater Philadelphia area huh yeah so i grew up in a small town called jenkintown that's just Mm -hmm. um right outside of the city kind of and uh it's not quite suburbs it's still kind of city but but uh, um i i only lived there till i was five years old okay and then uh about 10 years before that um five years before i was born my dad he he had bought some land a little cheap piece of property way way up um in the woods like four hours north of philadelphia uh, I think he actually looked at a population map and put a pin furthest away from any human. Really? Yeah. And then <laughs> and then he drove there and they he found 15 acres and I think he bought it for 15,000 bucks or something. Oh, wow. Yeah, I think it's still probably worth that, though. So do your folks still live there? Yeah. Yeah. So he built he would him and my mom would go up there every weekend and he would literally like cut down a tree, drag it up, cut down a tree, drag it up and then bring stones up from the creek, build a fireplace and so he really built your house like off the land. Every square inch of it is like from our land. That is so amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've never even heard of anybody growing up in a house where they where your parents actually built it off the land. That like really that's really living off the land. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. That's amazing. Yeah. So um, when I was five, he finally finished it, and he was just like, "All right, we're moving up to the country." And um, it was my mom and him and my two sisters okay. who, who are older than me. So, uh, yeah, we all moved up there. And uh, so I grew up in, like, the complete middle of nowhere. <laughs> like, not even – you can't see a single home from where we live. Really? Well, yeah. that was the your, the point. You know, that's why right. your dad did it, right? right? Yeah. So that's so funny. So did you like growing up there? Was it – if you had the choice, would you have grown up in that remote of an area? Um, You know, I think it's one of those things where – it's like anything, like, when you're a kid – you're you're you always kind of want something different um and it, it i kind of had a love-hate relationship with it because i didn't i didn't hate it i wasn't like this is horrible why do we live out here because right. i didn't really know i didn't really know much difference right because i was five when we moved there so it's not like i was losing a bunch of friends and i was you know i was i was so young that that was just kind of like what what i knew right and um and so uh you know I just grew up, you know, running through the woods and building tree forts. and That's awesome. Yeah. And I grew up, my sisters were um, older, so they were kind of out doing stuff or they were, uh, they kind of graduated when I was, you know, in younger. And so 
um, definitely gave me a huge uh, like independence. Yeah. Uh, type like I don't. Uh, I'm very comfortable just doing everything by myself and going. I can drive from here to Canada my, alone or. Really. You know what I mean, I yeah. don't. I don't ever need like. Other people around. Totally. Totally. Well, and I, 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 I love, I'm a social person, but right. Not, I don't. I don't have this like. Oh my gosh, like. I need my four best friends and I need someone to drive with me to go here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I actually think I really understand that. And I appreciate that a lot because I remember, um, when I was younger, my mom used to say, cause I'm really independent. My mom, and I'm sort of the same way. Like I actually prefer certain m events to not be with people. Like one of them is the car. Cause I actually think I can think in the car. Yeah. I don't know about you. Like I yeah. like solve problems in my head and stuff, yeah. but then there's other times where I'm really excited to be with people. Cause I am extroverted. My mom always used to say, she used to say you're a loner who doesn't like to be alone that's pretty that's pretty on point yeah yeah that's isn't that a good me. saying yeah that's yeah cool. yeah so and I, I and i think probably growing up there it sounds like gave you some of that perspective and gave you some of that independence now we have callie um who's right off the bat literally five minutes in um barking and wanting attention i'm telling you eddie she only does this when we turn the record button on yeah if for in anyone, our home studio is here for anyone listening who hasn't met Callie, is yes, Callie? Callie. Is, this is like, literally looks like a, a Sherman tank, and it's like the craziest bulldog I've ever. Is a bulldog, right? She's a bulldog, yeah. Really? Yes. So uh, there was a little bit of a pause there because Callie had a talking to. Yeah. <laughs> but she's uh yeah she attacked you right when you walked in the door. Yeah, crazy dog. Now, did you have dogs growing up? We had one dog named Elvis. Oh. Um, and uh, well, actually, because my dad bought this horse, and I think the 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 uh, guy at the horse, well, wherever this farm farmer nearby was mm -hmm. like, all right, if you take the horse, you had to take the dog. <laughs> my dad was like, okay, so it was a he was a um, a hound dog. Oh, yeah. was he good? Yeah, it was good. considering like you had to take him. <laughs> yeah, no, he was a good dog. We got him as a puppy, and he was rad. And um, we had him for years, but he would date. My dad never, because uh, we lived in the country, and he just he didn't tie him up, so he would just roam and roam and roam, and then eventually one day he just kept roaming and never came back. Oh, but it was weird. Like I was pretty young. I must have been kind of young. I didn't have like s this real attachment to it, and and not that I dogs are awesome. Right, right, right. I just I didn't. Uh, after that, I was pretty young. Got rid of him, and then or he left or something. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And then I, uh, yeah, was our family wasn't like a big. I mean, we had like chickens and horses and stuff but we right. never had um you like know. a lot of dogs or whatever right right um well i mean he i guess elvis just was also fiercely independent right he yeah. was he was there a loner who liked to be alone exactly there you go. <laughs> um callie yeah callie is um just a big ball of love she <laughs> is um very silly and most of she like she, she's very flirty with guys usually um she like is not she's an alpha female but she'll get on her back sometimes and be like look at me i've got eight nipples oh I, yeah so and she steps on my foot because she wants me to know who's boss oh crazy. yeah that's an alpha female trait for sure that's interesting isn't that funny yeah that is she's doing it right now i <laughs> know insane. she always steps on me but um yeah so she basically owns me but um she makes me look like I'm really bad at training dogs, like in front of other people, but she's usually very good. So now she's making her way over to you. So did you, is that where you um, started snowboarding um, in Rome? Yeah. So Pennsylvania. Yeah. So basically I was, I, I started skateboarding first. Okay. Um, saw a skateboard video. Uh, and then uh, I was just instantly got addicted to that. Um, and 
Uh, it was just a, like it was like a light switch went off and boom. I, I that's all I wanted to do. All I wanted to be and um, and so that is actually the time when I was probably twelve or thirteen. And um, that is actually the time when I was like, man, I really don't want to live here now because <laughs> I wanted concrete. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and so I wanted to live in a city, uh, but um, but uh. Then it snowed in the wintertime, and uh, I had just, just kind of somewhere, I don't even really remember how, but I just knew, like, at ski resorts, you know, like, they re- they would rent snowboards, and right, I kind right. of knew a little bit about snowboarding, so I was like, oh, I'll try that in the winter, because I can't skate. Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so that's how I started. I was probably 12 or 13, and, uh, you know, and then basically all through high school, I was, like, skateboarding and snowboarding the same amount, and never really knew which to pursue or anything oh that's interesting i i and i feel like that's not uncommon right to get into one and to and and to end up in either skateboarding or snowboarding right exactly um now what was the near what were the nearest mountains to you in upstate new york so it was we would go to some in upstate new york that was like hunter mountain okay um, and then there's a real small one called like labrador but then in the poke we would go down to the poconos which is mm-hmm. about an hour and a half two hours from our house okay and um we would go to montage elk mm-hmm. uh camelback jack frost and big boulder and yeah we would go to those montage was like my home mountain oh, okay and then that got changed a few years ago to snow mountain but okay. i think it's back to montage now Oh, okay. I don't yeah. even know if I ever went to that one, but maybe it was because I always went to Blue Mountain yep. um, because you could. that was just the closest to me. It's the same thing with like the Jersey Shore. Like there's certain shores we had where like you could just do a day trip. Like Atlantic City was my closest, you know? Yeah. So for me, Montage might have been like my, you know, Seaside Heights or something. Totally. Now yeah. we're getting into like North Jersey territory, yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah, but, um, But yeah, Blue Mountain was also a great mountain to learn how to snowboard on for me. And I, um, I actually only started, I love snowboarding and I only started snowboarding because I was, I was skiing and I was so bad at it that one time I like fell down the mountain and my skis both just flew off and I just was like, fuck this. And I like just walked off and I'm like, I'm snowboarding from here on out. I just hated skiing. I was just so bad and I was just so much better. I mean, I'm not good at snowboarding, but like I was, I just taught myself how to switch this past season and I've been snowboarding since like 2004 five or six cool maybe yeah. or something four i don't know something like that yeah. so um but yeah but camelback was awesome i yeah. remember that and then i remember moving to california and going to tahoe i mean like i can snowboard yeah. and then i went to heavenly um you know yeah. and i it's not that i couldn't i was just like oh my god this mountain's not 10 minutes long yeah and so i literally like got I, like when I got about 10 minutes down, I'm like, when is it over? Yeah. Right. And they're like, we have about another 30 minutes to go. And I, I remember thinking I'm going to die. <laughs> it was just so crazy. Like growing up on the East coast, like, like, Oh, this isn't that hard, you know? Yeah. And that's really where my ex, cause my ex-husband was super huge into snowboarding. And that's really where like he flourished and everybody that moved from the East coast flourished. And cause you know, the mountains out here are crazy, yeah, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Same thing. I moved to Tahoe when I was, Oh, you did. Yeah. So which mountain was your preferred? Um, um, so when I was 18, I graduated high school mm-hmm. and, and it's funny. So I was, um, this kind of, uh, yeah, funny story. Uh, and I don't know if this was the deciding factor, but through high school, I was com- competing in little tiny local contests and stuff. And I was not that, I wasn't very good. I was mediocre at best. I oh, wasn't really? like some standout, like everyone's like, Oh my gosh, he's the best. Like I was 
middle of the pack. Really? At best. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I was pretty decent skater. I would enter some little contests and get, you know, top 10 out of 20 maybe. Right. And, uh, and then snowboarding contests. I, I, oh man, I did some USASA contests and I don't even know if I even placed in one. Oh really? It was crazy. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> sorry, I kind of lost my voice. Oh, it's okay. That's why it sounded a little weird. But, um, but, uh, yeah, when, when I was, um, uh, I just knew that I wanted I didn't really even know what a pro snowboarder was because mm -hmm. this was kind of like pre, this is 1998. So yeah. this is like before Tony Hawk breaks out huge. Mm -hmm. This is before Sean White. This is before, uh, you know, like a lot of things that we know are, are know now. Right. Um, so when I told my parents when I was like 16 or 17, I want to be a pro snowboarder, they were like, well, what, what is that? The, the market didn't really exist no, yet. No, it didn't. And I didn't know. I, 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 I just was like, oh, I'm not sure. Uh, but I know that there's these magazines and there's these videos and there's guys who are getting their photos taken. So there has to be some sort of a something in happening type yeah. thing. Um, and I, and I didn't even know, like, maybe they just got free lift tickets. Like, that was kind of what I thought <laughs> in my head. I was like, OK, you're like, I'll just get free lift tickets forever. That's fine. Totally. I, I thought they get they probably get free lift tickets and they probably get free snowboarding gear. That's, yeah. That was what I thought a pro professional was. And um, and then my parents were like, well, you you're uh you know you should be going to college and yeah you know, what why are you pursuing typical parents yeah, you know yeah. and, like and it's almost different like well it's just there there wasn't even a goal to aim for they're like so you're essentially gonna <laughs> be homeless like what your job is to get a free lift ticket that doesn't exist you know <laughs> Um, so I just love that that's what you thought the like height of success was at the time. Oh, and yeah. you were totally fine with that. hundred uh, percent fine with that. But that's awesome because it, it, it kind of meant like in a way it's like ignorance is bliss yeah. in a way. And you're like, that's all I need. And when you when if that's all you need, if you ever get any more than that, then that's pretty awesome. But it's like, yeah, but at the I have to think that your satisfaction level yeah. is there because you really just wanted you know, just the very basics of what snow, you know, what snowboarding can provide at that time. Yeah. And or what you thought it was anyway. Totally. And the motivation, it's, it's actually really weird to me because sometimes, you know, nowadays, you know, uh, kids might, you know, whether they get into snowboarding or especially other sports, they're like, yeah, like, uh, I'll, I'll I box a bit. And, you know, some of these kids at the boxing gym are like, yeah, man, I, I want to, I can't wait to get my big fight so I can cash in and get my paycheck and, and like buy all this stuff. And I'm like, what? Like <clears throat> that that's why you're doing this like you shouldn't be doing this to to buy a new car like you should be doing this because you're you're obsessed with the sport and you want to progress yourself in the sport yeah uh, like the the money is a um kind of a, a little bonus that comes on the side but you know i don't think any I, I think anyone who is truly successful at what they're doing i mean they're doing it because they love it right and the money is like a, a byproduct right and i mean you just that's the definition of life success right there you just you nailed it and i think you know as things change over time like you know snowboarding just like anything else everything be has become commercialized like you know sean white's a household name we yeah. all know who that is yeah. you know um but back when you were snowboarding a lot of people didn't know um you know it wasn't it wasn't as brightly or as widely broadcasted yeah. you know and in, you had to be really into the sport to know yeah. you know who, who was doing what and all that sort of thing yeah 100 it wasn't an olympic sport any all that kind of stuff yeah it was uh it was definitely uh yeah, it was nothing. And at I, you know, yeah, we I had no, especially being from Pennsylvania in the middle of nowhere. Like I didn't know anybody who had a sponsor. I didn't know even I didn't really know what any of that meant or anything. But essentially, I told my parents, 
Well, first off, I was also skating at this time, and same thing. So around 17 or so, I was talking to my dad, and and I don't know if this was just a, if this was the pivotal moment or just a coincidence or whatever, but mm-hmm. I remember asking my dad, I was like, man, I kept going back and forth in my head. I was like, should I move to San Francisco and be a pro skateboarder? That's how simple it was in my head. I'm like, cool. I'm either going to move to San Francisco and be a pro skateboarder or move to Lake Tahoe and be a pro snowboarder. And I'm like, which one should I choose? Just like, yeah, hmm, yeah. should I play for the Eagles or the Phillies? I don't know. Let me just decide. That's awesome. Yeah. And, um, and, and, uh, I, I just asked my dad about it randomly and, um, and I was like, what do you think dad, should I be a pro skateboarder or a pro snowboarder? And he's like, oh, which one do you like more? And I was like, oh, I like both of them. And he's like, well, he's like, I don't know. They both seem really cool. And he's like, but the one thing you got to consider is he's like, or think about, he's like, if you're a pro skateboarder, you're going to spend your life in an inner, inner cities, skateboarding in like back alleys and, and uh, you know, dealing with just inner city stuff and bums right. and crime and everything. He's like, and if you become a pro snowboarder, uh, you know, or do that for a living, you're going to spend your life out in the mountains in the pristine wilderness, literally going to places where almost very few humans go. Mm. And that's where you're going to spend the majority of your time. And, and he's like, that's just something to think about. And I was like, Oh yeah. And, and I kept, and I actually thought about that. I was like, man, that's true. And maybe because I hadn't spent a lot of time in the cities, inner cities and stuff. I was like, I was like, man, uh, maybe the, the snowboarding is kind of cooler because I get to go out into these pristine mountains, you know? Yeah. Oh, that's such a fun, funny, like organic way of making that decision, you know? Yeah. And he wasn't trying to sway your opinion. He was just giving you that perspective. Yeah. So that's why you chose snowboarding. Yeah. Oh, that's so funny. So after that, um, after you made that decision, you moved to Mammoth? No, uh, to, to Tahoe. Oh, to, to Tahoe. Um, I'm yeah. sorry. That's but right. Yeah. I did eventually move to Mammoth. But basically the first year, 18, and I, I my mom um, was more... Uh, she was like, hey, you know, you should go to college and everything right. like that. So I applied to colleges and I got into college to, to make the responsible people happy. But then I I uh, deferred for a year. Mm. So I told them, hey, like, I'll get accepted to a college so that you know I'm responsible. <laughs> but then I'm going to defer for a year and then, like, see how this snowboarding thing works out. Um, were they okay with that? or? Yeah, yeah, they were. I mean, my mom was hesitant about it um, as, you know, hey. Of course. Especially now as I'm growing up, I'm like, oh my gosh, yeah, of course. My mom was probably like, what are you doing? Like like, this, well, you're like, I'm just going to be a homeless, happy yeah, person totally. with, with free lift tickets yeah. in a market that does not exist. Yeah, and I, yeah, it's just crazy. Um, but man, they must be so proud of you now because you're a, one of the pioneers of the, of the sport in professional snowboarding. Yeah, she, yes, my mom is 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 really proud of me and my dad as well obviously and and and, um yeah i have a great relationship with them fortunately and they're they're awesome and um that's great yeah and that's the most important thing because they make you know they make you make a lot of choices when you're younger you know and going off the beaten path and in your case in a market that didn't exist yet um or you know and i think a lot of people probably in la can identify i can identify with that because i went to college and i was a business major but that's because what that's what they told me i should be right but then i kind of and I'm glad that I was, by the way, I, because I, I know how to run a business, but I sort of look at it like, well, there was always a, uh, something else I wanted to do. And it right. just, I, I like envy, not that uh, I'm like at the pinnacle of, of the height of my own career success, but I envy people like you that say like, it was that simple. And I just kind of did it and I carved my own path where as for like most of us it's like you've got your parents and you've got these other people telling you what you should do yeah and you just don't like for me I just 
I like had an idea about like comedy and entertainment, but then I squashed it. Like I wanted to be a broadcast journalism major. No way. Just can't do it. And then now I came back to it years and years and years later. But a lot of people go their whole life and don't have that very simple like do I do this or do I do that? Like, or do, am I going to do this one thing? Right. You know? But yeah, I mean, and it is, it is like hard, uh, you know, and maybe we'll get to this in a bit, but it is even hard for me. Like now, you know, I'm kind of going through that at a different stage and I'm like, well, what do I do? And there Mm. is things that I really want to do this, but I'm kind of hesitant or, or scared or I'm like, I don't know how to do that. Oh my gosh. And you know what I mean? So it is, uh, I, it's it's a it's a tricky dance to to, to do. You know? and I mean, it's just it's life, man. Yeah. Like fucking life, you know, yeah. and it, nobody tells you this, but it just gets harder as you get, like. I remember, uh, you know, when I was like in my early 20s, I'm like, I don't remember having any problems that were real. Right. And now it's like re- like real problems. And I mean, I also think, though, you know, it, it comes with and it, it might not be the same thing, but it comes with the territory of like when you're your own brand, like you can go work for somebody else. You can put your, and I used to do that and I worked, I was a corporate person and you, then you put your, your, uh, your Callie's stepping on our equipment here. (laughs) You put your like phone down and you sign out of whatever clock out and then you go home and it's like, you live a completely different life. And then it's like, that's not your, but then I, now I think life is more interesting for me in like the last five years because I my it doesn't happen that way. Right. Do you know what I mean? Like yep. you're this. So I that's what I've had to adjust to. But I'm like, no, it doesn't go away at six o'clock at night. Right. I'm actually this is me out there doing my thing. And it's completely terrifying if it doesn't work because it's me. Yeah. You know, totally. And I'm sure that you can identify with that going into something that didn't even exist yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So. So basically when I move, that's actually kind of a good point too. It's almost like when you have, when everything's kind of on the line and you're like, okay, I have to make this happen. Yeah. It's a huge difference. Like if you have something to fall back on, it's very easy to just fall back on it. You know? Right. Um, and uh, I didn't. So my parents, um, I forgot to mention this. So when I was, when I was 18, got a, left home, they were like, hey, we are here for you like we will support you in your dream to be a pro snowboarder maybe in a year you're gonna go to this college that you got accepted (laughs) to but um they but they were also like but if you're gonna do this like you are 100 percent on your own like we won't give you one dollar wow and um and i grew up working construction with my dad and and uh and um you know we came we had enough we had a, a good you know we lived in a nice like right. log cabin and we had a that your dad built with his bare hands <laughs> right, yeah and and we had food to eat and everything was it was great you know um um but at the same time we weren't some rich family right you know? right uh, you know we didn't have like tons of extra money or anything so uh when uh yeah when i moved out west they were just like yeah so if you're gonna do this you have to do it 100 percent on your own and they were like if you fail or you get hurt or you are homeless in a few months like a hundred percent. You can always come home and work construction with my dad. <laughs> and, um, and you know, you're, but you're welcome back home. Like we're not like disowning you, you know, yeah. we're going to be here to support you, but not financially at all. And was that come, was that because they wanted to teach you a lesson? Was that because, you know, there's a, those, it was that because they just didn't have the extra money for you to like try and figure it yeah, out. You that- know, but you know, it's cause they said if I went to college that they would help, obviously they were going to, 
it would be a lot of financial aid and things like that, but they were going to help. They were going to pay for me to go to college. Right. They were going to um, help me have um, some food money while I was in college and stuff. So they probably had a little bit of cash, but not still not, not very much, you know? Right. And, and I think it was probably a little bit of both. They were probably like one, we're not, they both came from, you know, you know, hard families. Right. They weren't in the business of giving out charities. Uh, right. to to people who didn't need it and right. and and um which very much came from the same kind of a family yeah, yeah. And it's east coast you know yeah. i think a big part of the east coast yeah it's just yo this is life like blue collar work mentality uh, nose to the grindstone yeah you know you don't quit your job so you have another job yeah. you know no free lunch no handouts totally. totally grew up in the same family yeah. type of a family for sure yeah so um so yes yeah, so that was a big thing so so for but also i was like okay well uh i need to get a job when I move out west, and uh, and so I was like, oh, obviously I'll get a job at a ski resort because they I can get a free pass. Right. So and at this time I had no obviously no sponsors, no nothing. Didn't know even one snowboarder in the industry. I was like, came out. Wow. Black. Yeah. Um, my sister lived in Lake Tahoe at the time, so that was like a, a big. Help. Oh wow! Yeah. The, how did that work out? Um, she had just gone. She had gone to college in Pittsburgh, and then during her summer breaks, she went to um, Tahoe just random you know she got a little job at some resort in tahoe summer college break type thing yeah so um she went out there and then when she was out there she met her now husband actually um and he was like so as soon as she graduated college she moved there oh wow well that kind of worked out for you it did it did because i had at least one person i knew there which was huge yeah i mean and it's like a really close family member yeah my sister yeah and um yeah so i was really fortunate to have my sister living out in Tahoe. And so actually for the first, you know, month or two, uh, she got me a little job renting pedal boats at this little resort. Oh my God. What yeah. was the resort's name? Do you it's know? called Zephyr Cove. It's still there. Mm-hmm. It's in South Lake Tahoe. Oh, okay. And, uh, and then, um, so that was for the summer, but same thing. I mean, she charged me rent to stay at her house and it was, you know, no, yeah, geez, nobody's helping you here. Yeah, Eddie. yeah, no, which is great. It was fine. I, yeah, you know, um, it probably helped make you more driven. I'd have to think, right? Yeah, yeah. And I mean, she did help me in the sense that she gave, you know, she was there and she lined up the job. So huge credit for that. And then, um, and then that winter, she also knew someone who was working as a nighttime janitor at Kirkwood, and Ooh. so I got lined up with that job, which is so funny to think back because man, I was like praying every night, like, oh my god, I hope I get this job. I hope I get this job, mm. and it was like a janitorial job at a ski resort <laughs> but um but that really um that they had employee housing so oh my god so i had free housing um and then how lucky know, is that yeah and i had a season pass and i would work from 4 p.m until midnight so i'd only so i could ride all day so, so you're probably happy as a clam i was the most i still look back at it mm-hmm. and it was like one of the most happiest times of my life and kirkwood's awesome i love kirkwood yeah. i i was actually there in january yeah oh, amazing. I, I, I oh i love it there yeah, yeah. they had they have well, I mean, it's all based on conditions, too, but it's just a really nice... I mean, in Tahoe, you really can't go wrong either. Ta- no. I was just going to say, just to interrupt you, not to interrupt you, Tahoe is literally probably in my top two... No, it is. I just can't decide if it's my first or my second. P- favorite places of all time, ev- of everywhere I've been. Yeah. I, I went to Mammoth for the first time this year, and I really love Mammoth, but it, but it's not... Ta- for me... I'm just like, I drive in and I'm like, Tahoe, right, it's just right. got this like, I don't know if you felt that way when you lived there, but it's just got this really like cal- nice like, calming effect, you know, yeah, it's just yeah. such an 
awesome place to live. I, I love North Lake's my favorite too. I love North Lake. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, yeah. Tahoe's the jam. Sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, it's no. like my favorite place on earth, but continue. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah. So, so basically the, uh, that okay so so that winter janitor all winter mm -hmm. um and you know that was kind of my first year out and this of course i picked kirkwood which is literally the most off the map mountain you could ever find it kind of is <laughs> yeah. yeah so as far as getting notice for your snowboarding or anything like that you're it's, it's not <laughs> happening you know yeah, yeah yeah and um and so yeah like no no nobody's scouting people no, at kirkwood no, yeah no so um so an, another fortunate event was my uh, friend who was a nighttime janitor. He was also a cook at Wendell's, uh, Wendell's um, snowboard camp in uh -huh. Mount Hood, which is a summer resort. Okay. So, so he offered me a job dishwashing, which was insane because Mount Hood is like the epicenter of summer snowboarding. Right. Especially back in those days. It right. It was like every pro, all the companies, everybody went there. So that was the connection then, Mount, the Mount Hood to Mount job. Hood. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So, and then that job, again, that job actually didn't even pay. We had to wash dishes and hand wash like hundreds of dishes um, for all the campers. No pay. They only gave you a pass. They gave you a room to sleep in, which was a tiny rundown hotel room with six people in it. Oh my and God. then they gave you food to eat because we were working in the kitchen. So I got to eat the food, but no pay. So like at this time, I literally had, I was 19, 18 or 19 and I had s literally like $4 in my pocket and oh, that's it. Oh my God. How did they not pay you? I mean, that seems illegal though. I mean, I, I'm just, I'm just yeah. thinking out loud here. Like, yeah, you know, it like, probably is, but you know, it's, it's snowboarding and it's the, the rules up there. They're just, yeah, whatever. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And it was like a little bit different times is almost 20 years ago. So they could get away with a lot more. Yeah. I'm sure that's now true. People get paid. I was going to say, I don't think you could get away with that nowadays, right. but at the time it didn't seem like you were really that interested it, it, it seemed you probably just based on everything you've told me so far i'd venture to guess that you like weren't that sad no about no, again, not getting paid again i was in i was like unbelievably excited because i was up training in this this place yeah that was like uh these amazing mount uh this just ama amazing park and really good you know terrain right um so that summer actually really uh was a pivotal summer for me because i was riding really really well mm -hmm. and i i was just uh my learning curve went really, really high because I knew that I was could do these tricks if I was in the right conditions and I had the right jumps and the right rails and you know yeah um, because I had just visualized I just was I'm a huge visualization guy uh -huh. and like at night all the time I'm just visualizing doing these tricks over and over watching videos over and over and over like hundreds of hours of a you know month or whatever just yeah every minute I can get I'm studying videos and um. So finally, Mount Hood was the first time I got to really good, proper tabletops and rails and half pipes. And that really increased. So by the end of that summer, I had like started turning a couple heads, you know, um, yeah. a few people. And there's people here because this is hood. Yeah. yeah. And um, and so so at that time, there was a couple people, you know you know like, noticing yeah, that, like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, you hear that kid at dishwasher he's riding pretty well yeah but that was it i still it's not like i turned pro or anything um, right so again next winter comes have to go uh instead i had heard that mammoth mountain was like the epicenter of snowboarding mm -hmm. so i was like okay i need to go to mammoth i need to my theory was if i go to where the best snowboarders in the world are and i become as good as them 
then like I have to get a sponsor, right? Because that if, seems to make sense to me, right? Yeah. yeah. So that's what I did, and I was really nervous and scared because I didn't know anybody there, mm -hmm. and I was going by myself. Um, but and again, got a nighttime janitor job, which is great because they have the housing for you, right? And um, and then that season uh, kind of was the turning point because half I started off being a janitor there. This is I think in two thousand. Okay. And um, and that season two of the guys who had worked up in mount hood ended up working for companies one worked for K one of the the um pe people who worked at windell's uh-huh went to go work one went to go work for smith optics and one went to go work for k2 uh-huh and when they went to work there the, the company said hey do you guys recommend any young guys to put on the team and they had both seen me riding in the summer and they were like oh that kid eddie let's put him oh, on." oh that's fucking awesome yeah. so that was a break for you big break so but then this is funny because so now this is about two three months into the season it's probably like january and and k2 calls me and they're like hey do you want to be like basically on our like sponsored by us we'll give you 500 bucks a month and you're essentially you're kind of like amish but you're basically like a pro snowboarder and i was like Yes, 100%. Let's do this, you know? Yeah. Well, so I I graciously, you know, go into the janitorial job and be like, hey, guys, like, I, I'm a pro now. I'm getting paid. <laughs> like, I don't have to be at work anymore. So I quit, you know, and they're like, oh, good job, Eddie. Like, no, all good. Like, because they all knew me, you know? And then, uh -huh. so then I realized that I couldn't stay in employee housing. <gasps> oh. And so I had to get a place in Mammoth and um there was a room for rent. The only room I could find was 460 bucks a month. Oh my god. And then I needed 20 bucks a month to put I had a little sh real shitty car at that time for gas. So for lit for no joke like I don't even know how long like almost a year, half a year like You lived off 20 20 bucks a month. Oh, yeah. how, how in the hell did you do that? It again looking back it's crazy because I was like so excited because all I remember thinking was I could wake up and go snowboard all day and when I came home I didn't have to work eight hours cleaning shit yeah like I got home and I was like I, oh this is the I can stretch I can watch more snowboarding videos you can I can relax yeah, yeah I can chill I it was you know I couldn't like go out and have a beer or anything because I yeah. didn't have money but I didn't right. that never even entered my head it'd be like right. being like hey are you considering getting a Ferrari tomorrow <laughs> you're like yeah, it just doesn't well that just didn't that's just not who you are yeah yeah, yeah. that's not what's important yeah. yeah so man it was uh, it was I, I basically ate you know um, I would buy this uh, it's funny I, I guess I ate a lot of Top Ramen but a lot and at that time you could buy it, um, 10 for a dollar they were 10 cents I remember well I, I think I'm I was I think you might be a little bit older than me, but when I was in college, I was really poor, and I, I found out about the benefits of ramen. Right. Ramen yeah. ramen literally kept a lot of people alive. I, do, I know. <laughs> there know? is like a full... be funny. You could do like a documentary on ramen. Cause... Actually, that's not a bad idea, because somebody the other day, one of my girlfriends was like, oh, I just ate the shit out of some ramen, and I was like, ramen? And she's <laughs> like... No, ramen's also like something you can buy from a restaurant right, now. It's really good. Yeah. But I feel like I was like, was that the case when we were younger? Because <laughs> yeah. I mean, all I remember is like the bathroom sink water ramen. Right, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. And I'm like, ramen. Yeah. To this day, I still think it kind of tasted good, though. I mean, it wasn't yeah, that bad. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And uh, so I would just basically I, and I would also just buy like spaghetti, um, dry spaghetti, like in bulk. And yeah. you could buy a huge amount of spaghetti for, you know, like 
three bucks. But that would know? be so funny if like we did if there was like a documentary that was like, why are you successful? And the answer is ramen. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> I could li- I could I could pursue my dreams because of ramen. You totally. know, and I think of it now, especially living in like L.A. and stuff like we go to dinner and, you know, my wife and I and at dinner is at least like 50 bucks or more. Yeah. Or something. And then I, I always sometimes I'm like signing the check. and I'm like. Damn, this would have I would have eaten for three months off this one meal. Yeah. Like, that's such a trip to You knew how about. to make a dollar out of fifteen cents, basically. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um so anyways, back to the story. I went that year, next next uh that that summer went up to Mount Hood, rode really well again. And um and then the following season or at the end during that time, um when I was kind of the next season, I guess. Sorry. Um Mm-hmm. I met Kevin Jones, who was mm-hmm. he's the best snowboarder in the world yeah. at the time. Yeah. He's, every, he, he's like the Michael Jordan. Yeah. And I always make this comparison. It's like having a like you're at your local high school gym, you know, shooting hoops. And then, you know, Kobe Bryant or like Michael Jordan comes in. And they're like, hey, you want to shoot some hoops? And you're like, yeah. And then you shoot hoops. And then the next day he's like, hey, let's shoot again. And the next day and then the next day he's like, hey, you want to be on the Bulls? You know, it yeah. was it, it happened real fast. That's amazing. Yeah. I And were you like coming home every day, like so excited that you were hanging out with him? Yeah, I was tripping. I mean, I literally was like, this is it's, you know, it's I'm so. I just remember, I clearly remember him pulling up and like honking outside of this little condo I was staying in with a couple other guys and, and being like, whoa. And we all had shitty cars and he had yeah. this huge like F-350 truck. He had truck. the Ferrari. Yeah, the yeah, Ferrari yeah, of, exactly. yeah, yeah, he yeah. Was, he was really, he was wealthy at that time. And he's just like, yeah, let's go riding, Eddie. And then after that, he introduced me after we rode for a little bit together and I was like riding well with him. He, he really, I owe a lot to Kevin Jones. He, yeah. he, 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 um, called basically called all of his sponsors and were like yo this put this kid on pro on everything that's fucking awesome yeah. and then he called my his agent who's steve astafin who is mm-hmm. still like one of the most gnarly agents in the industry yeah um and uh he told astafin to sign me and asked steve astafin at the time was like what are you talking about like who's this kid isn't he he's like a janitor you know and, <laughs> and then um and then and you're and like not anymore he, uh, yeah and he's like he hasn't done anything da-da-da. and then that season i won a few contests and everything and um and then Astavin, man, he changed, he got me like a bunch of insane deals and everything, and that that's what like really catapulted my career. Wow! And so going through that, like b- based on your you know the backstory of like really like our like rags to riches, like and and I say riches in in a, in a, in a lot of ways, like yep. you know, um, sort of a back. I mean, those are the best stories. And and in your case, I mean, how are you feeling as like you were on the rise? Because there's always that I like that period of your career you know and where you're at the pinnacle of success and you're like it's got it's happening so quickly and yeah. it's like you know and you, you you seem like a very grounded person so i have to only imagine that like you know you went through it as best as you could but i'm just interested to hear like what was that like for you yeah you know uh within well let's put it this way within like a two or three year span i went from being a janitor at mammoth to buying the house next door to the CEO of Mammoth. Jesus. And that's so awesome. that's like the the scale. It was almost like in music when you hear like, uh, yeah. oh, this band like plays this one show and then like within a year they're just like yeah. crazy. And yeah, yeah. they don't know what to do and they're like all become drug addicts. No. Yeah. But, <laughs> but, that happens. Yeah, yeah, that does no. happen. But um but uh no, it was uh it was crazy, but again, like um I was so focused on the snowboarding 
and the riding that uh, I was grateful that I was like, oh, I can buy a new truck now. I can buy yeah. a new snowmobile. And I was grateful for that. But I mean, I never um, was, again, I still like didn't, uh, really like care too much about the material stuff. And, and I really love that you say that because you're a great example of like the money because it was never about the money for you. So you didn't let the money go to your head. And it was more like, no, the money, money doesn't bring happiness, but money is cool because money allows me to just completely focus on my one passion yes, yes 100%. and without the money you'd had to do the you know be a janitor at night and all that stuff so it's like it, it gives you that that ability and that's that's i mean those that's the best way that i think anybody that has success and sustains it um has to look at it that way well, you know i mean you look at you, you know i talk to my wife about this a lot too you look at the the most famous people uh let's just say brad pitt Mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, Bob Dylan, uh, the, the Rolling Stones. Okay. Like the Rolling Stones, Bob Dylan, Brad, they, they could have retired. The Rolling Stones could have retired as multi multi-millionaires yeah. in like the sixties. Yeah. <laughs> they had already yeah. become multimillionaires. Like they have, they don't have to go on 60 country tours. They don't have, but that's all they know. That's what they do. That's what they love. Like even, uh, you know, like rich CEOs who are literally like have yachts and stuff. Mm -hmm. They're still, the first one, uh, what's his name? Uh, who's the Warren Buffett? Yeah, he's oh Warren Buffett. I mean, yeah. first one in the building in the morning and last one to leave. Have you ever seen his documentary? Yeah. I love that yeah. documentary. Yeah. He the, goes to McDonald's. Yeah, and the stocks and yes. which ones he gets. It's yes. crazy. Yeah. yeah, and I mean, it's just it's it's funny because uh, Shepard Ferry, the, the Obey artist, mm -hmm. um, or no no uh, Banksy. Mm -hmm. Banksy has. A oh, good, I love Banksy. Yeah. I follow him yeah. all over the place. Yeah. yeah. So he has a good quote. He says. Um, uh, fame is a byproduct of doing something you love. You don't go to an expensive meal in order to take a big shit. <laughs> you know? And I love that. I've never heard that. Yeah. And he's like, fame is like doing something you love. It's like you just do what you love. And if, if something comes out of it, that's epic. You know? It's yeah. great. It's a great bonus. But that's yeah. not why you're doing it. Right. And uh, same as, you know, you go and you eat a meal. You're not eating this fancy meal so you can go take a shit. It's just I, like, I really you know? <laughs> have to say I love that quote. I've never heard it. But I'm going to like, I'm, I'm going to yeah. use that one from, and from now on because I yeah. really like it. I also, when you talk about music, I'm a big music lover. And my, my favorite band is The Grateful Dead. And it reminds me of that because... Because it's like the same thing. They they are the you say that about the Stones and, I, and and Dylan and whomever else. Like I had never even and I loved them, but way before I even knew their story. But I had never even like heard of the most one of the most successful bands that like that we they weren't really of our time, but like you know uh, that we know about that literally did not do it for the money. Right. Just like didn't care. Right. I mean, and that. I think has such a, a bigger profound impact on me right. and why I love them. And, but also like why their music was so fucking good to right. me. I right. mean, I mean, not everybody's a deadhead, but like I am and I truly like get it, get their music, you know? Yeah. And I, and I think that's like a, a great illustration of like when you, because that's how I try to live my life. And that's a lot about what we talk about on the podcast. Like, how does sports impact your life and how does it, you know, in, in whatever way it does, but also like, is it, what is really the, mo the most important thing in life? You totally, know, totally. Yeah. And, and I mean, I guess there's a, um, there is some, okay. One, uh, is it's, 
Mm, okay, like for instance, I always was just like, well, I don't really care about money and stuff. It was pretty easy for me to say that because I didn't have it. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's like once you do have it, like, you know, I had uh once you do have money and you, you're you're going to like nice restaurants and stuff, it's a lot harder to go back to like eating ramen and of stuff course. like that. You know, yeah. and, and that's one thing. because um, your standard of living has increased. Yeah, and then you get used to it. And, and also it's not like you're being super bougie and you're like right. eating like drinking cristal and like pouring it on your face, you know? <laughs> right, right, like right, right. you're just like living a normal lifestyle for, as opposed to like eating ramen right you know? right 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 um but which well, is something you should want you right, know right. I, I would think you yeah, know yeah yeah and then um and then the other thing too is that you know just for uh i i feel really fortunate that i um since i was like you know 12 or 13 i found something that i was like hell-bent obsessed with and passionate about because it was some, it was some it's something that's so powerful that i didn't care about almost anything else yeah um and and a lot of people don't have that um that's what i was saying earlier and and even now in my life it's it's a weird thing being retired because now i'm like i still have tons of passion for snowboarding and skating and uh surfing but but i'm not gonna like necessarily go live in my car to do it now no and and i and i'm trying to find it's just weird now that i i don't necessarily have this crazy hellbent obsession with something yeah and it's it's hard because i'm like oh shit and that's again like i mean we might get to it in a bit but it's just like with retirement and professional athletes and stuff there's a huge thing because you you're you, everything you've driven for your whole life is you just like accompl- gone and yeah. you accomplished yeah. it yeah, which is amazing and, and you're young yeah i mean and, and in the world of professional sports um you know depending on what sport you're in too like look at football and I, uh, like it's just an example of like you're uh like one of like one of my favorite players in the He's been playing. He's 34 years old. In the last game, it's just an example. Darren Sproles. He plays for the Eagles. He's five six. He's awesome. Sick. Yeah, he's he's actually been so good all these years because well, he's so good for a lot of reasons. But because a lot of times the defense can't see him because he's so small. Because <laughs> oh you're thinking, how can a five six guy yeah. uh, uh, make it 14, 13, 14 years in the fucking NFL? And he, but in the, and, but I've always watched him and, th- and thought, God, he one day he's gonna get crushed. Right. Well, he did, and, and he broke his uh he broke his arm and he uh also uh tore his acl in the same game and it's like tearing your acl it's just it's so hard to come back from and he already said i'll probably retire in 2017 the point is is that like he's probably done now not by his choice because of injuries which is something I'm sure that you know a lot about and, yep. and especially being in, in extreme sports, they don't call it extreme for no reason, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, but he made it that far and he's only third, but even he was saying like, this is probably my last year cause I'm old. He's 34, like 34 is not old, right. but in, in NFL, he's like a, he's like a senior citizen. Yeah. So it's like, we're all like, that sucks. Cause that's how his career ended and right. he didn't want it to end that way, but it was probably going to be done after the season. So it's just an example of like, man, He's a 34-year-old guy. Like, I'm in my 30s, like, my early 30s, but still, like, reinventing yourself is totally normal. But in 
in that sort of an extreme situation where Darren Sproles, just like you probably worked his whole life to be like overcome the odds. Everyone probably said in his case, he couldn't even play football because he was five, six and he did. And he played for 14 years and he's amazing. And then now what does he do? Right. You know, maybe he'll become a sports commentator if he's lucky. That's usually the route, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Or the route. That's I don't know what I've been trying to do. And it's the best. Like, yeah. I'm like, hey, the best. <laughs> and I actually do love that. The only problem is with NBA, NFL, NF, you know, they have like 100 games a year or more or whatever. Yeah. Snowboarding has like five big events a season. Yeah. So it's not very lucrative. And like, I would also have to think it's pretty hard, like, because there, it, because it has become a bit more saturated now, um, to be like the person at like the X Games or you know I don't know the Olympics or I know I just actually saw I saw you at a cool thing. Um, I had to write it down because I didn't know what it was. The hot dogs and handrails. Oh yeah, yeah. And, I, and Snoop Dogg was there. Yeah, yeah. Or yeah. whatever. I, by the way, I like it's like my dream to meet him. So I oh, was really? like super jealous. Oh, dang, yeah. yeah. But like, but like it seems like that kind of stuff. Like the you know, outside of like your main events, like it, it seems like there's more of those types of things. Cause by the way, I had never heard of it until I looked at your Instagram, yeah, the yeah, H2, the yeah, hot dog. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it seems like there's more of that than there used to be, but I could see how it's like, not like you're the only guy who's retired. Totally. Um, I mean, you haven't, you've had an amazing career and like a lot of accolades and like won a lot of competitions. Also, by the way, I saw that car thing you did. Oh yeah. Can you talk about that? Because that's, I don't mean to switch gears, but that was fucking crazy. And I just yeah. really need to make sure we get to that. Yeah. Let's talk about what, it. What, what was that called that you did when, with the car, the New Zealand? Yeah. What was that? Well, so we were filming. I'm obviously a great host. Cause I'm like the car thing with the thing. <laughs> no, no, no. That's great. Um, yeah, we were filming, uh, so Ken Block, who actually a lot of people might know now mm-hmm. because of Jim Connor, because he yeah. does these crazy videos. Um, but before that, he was the owner of DC snowboarding, snowboarding yeah, boots yeah, and all yeah. that. And so, so DC was filming a video, and Ken had just started kind of mess, like messing around with rally cars, like that was his passion. <clears throat> and so, Ken, uh, we were going down to New Zealand and to film some snowboarding stuff, and Ken had this idea like, hey, why don't I bring my rally car up on the hill and just like drive it around? Mm-hmm. So it was all straight up like this. It all happened in like two or three days. And it was pretty gnarly because we were filming. We had to get up to the hill at like four in the morning or something because while the snow was still really hard right. for the car not to sink in. And um, and so it was very like, you know, I've done kind of commercial shoots and stuff and everything is like so planned out and all right. crazy. Yeah. This was so on Improved. the fly. We, we were on a snowboarding mountain with Ken in a car next to us and we were like, what should we do? Hey, Ken, why don't you tow us into this or why don't you go here and we'll jump over you and why don't I jump onto your car and then jump off of your car and then... So, so we were doing all these things that were all kind of like small and fun. Right. Involving us snowboarding around the car, which was pretty sketchy even with that. But then... Yeah. Ken starts looking at the last jump um, of the park and it's this, you know, 65 foot jump or something. And he was like, man, I think I could hit the hit the jump on with my car. And uh, and I was sitting there with him and I was like, well, man, you know, what would be cool. What if I went off the jump and did a trick and you followed me? And then he was like, yeah, that'd be cool. And then we were like, well, (laughs) wait a minute. If you. If I fell, the car would land on me and you would I, die. I would die for yeah. sure. I mean, yeah. it's a car falling on you. It's <laughs> you yeah. die. Yeah. And so we were like, okay, scratch that. But then <laughs> I was like, wait, why don't 
let's go down and we brought the jump like to the the takeoff mm-hmm. and i was like man maybe i could just ride right next to your car and i'll do a trick next to you that way i mean sh- it could still go really wrong but this way it's not as wrong right and um and so he went we went down and we kind of looked at it and we we're like okay there's enough space for us to both take off and so we we went up to the top and um and it's it's funny because i remember todd richards who's an older snowboarder mm-hmm. he was like eddie he's like he's like i have kids <laughs> and i would not want them to do this and he was like i really don't want you to do this and now i was like whoa like this is crazy because we do crazy stuff all day you know yeah 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 like yeah but you're putting it kind of one step more but anyway yeah. so um but i was like oh todd it's okay like we'll get this you know and yeah. so yeah it ken kind of dropped first my on my and then i dropped along with him and i took off of this jump maybe two or three feet next to his driver's side door and I spun like a 540 mm. and then he was flying in the air. It was trippy because I was like in the air spinning and I'm seeing a car next to me. Oh my God. Flying in the air, which That's... is like a mental thing. to. Yeah. <laughs> like, like how, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and then, um, but then what's, what's one of the funniest things, which I didn't ever think about until it happened was I landed and I, as soon as I touched down and I land, it's like, Boom! Like the biggest sound because his car landed right next to me. Oh my you god! You know, like ten feet away from me, and it it scared me. I was like, Oh my god! Was like, there a part of you that thought maybe you got like run over or no, something? No, no, no. <laughs> I didn't know, but I mean, it could have easily yeah. gone that way. Like it, yeah. the car could have flipped. I could have caught an edge. I mean, there's a lot of variables that of course went, that ended up working out. But um, it was it was just funny. Like afterwards, I was like, Holy! Sh-. Like that was pretty gnarly. You yeah. Know? Well, and then it was also. Is that why you, because I, uh, I read something that you're like the, you got like the second highest media rider. Um, yeah. Because there's so much, is that why? Because of that, um, you got no, that? No, that was. Um, I didn't really understand like the connection. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, that one was, we got nominated for like an award for that one. Um, okay. And, um, and still to this day, that photo is one of my all time favorite that's like well, it's one so of the, fucking cool yeah, and i'm like what the, random you're like what there's yeah. a car flying through the air with a snowboarder yes yeah. yeah and i didn't and so what's what's that actual like move called that you did i did i did a backside 540 which backside is a pretty, 540 yeah, yeah that's yeah, like yeah. a pretty basic trick yeah yeah yeah. Um, but nowadays they're doing like 1800s yeah shit. yeah it's psycho um, yeah but uh but yeah no so um the the thing you're talking about is called the exposure meter okay and what they do is or what they did before or back in the day they would go through every magazine of the year and see who, what rider had the most photographs. Oh, okay. It, at, in, and you overall. had, because you have a lot of media and, and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for a few years, I was like always in the top five of like oh, most, that's awesome. most exposure of snowboarders or something. Oh, that's awesome. That's really, really cool. Yeah. It and, was I, a- and I did, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off because I just want, I, I wanted to make sure I asked you about that jump um, with the car. But how how you doing on time? Do we have much time? Oh, are you sure? Yep. Okay. Because yeah, uh, that's what that was. They they were like, yeah, don't worry about it. Oh, perfect. So okay, good, good. Because we have you know, there's more stuff we want to talk about. Cool. So I kind of interrupted you, and when you were saying like, sort of, it's a very interesting dynamic because you're sort of at that next phase of like, what do you solely focus your time on? And being a retired athlete, like, doesn't mean that you're like retired in the sense of like 
our parents or like right. parents where retired. you're like you're not like just like I don't have to ever work again. Right. Right. Like, Which would be nice. And your drive <laughs> yeah, yeah. And your I know, right? Um and your drive is still there and all that kind of thing. So like how do you know, I mean, what are just some like general thoughts you have around that? Like how it's been for you and um adjustment and all that sort of yeah. thing. Well it's crazy for sure. Um and now I'm at the point, you know, if we had this interview two years ago, it would have probably been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. And I never got bitter. A lot of people get really bitter because what happens is um, you're with these companies for 10, 15 years and they, um, they, the way they talk to you is that like you are going to be with them till you're 65 and you'll never have to work again and they will do anything for you and, and they do do a lot for you when you're, you know, a pro and, um, uh, but you sometimes at least at this time in my situation you start thinking like oh yeah like i'm gonna be getting paid this much for a long time and i'm all good you know no worries um and the uh it's crazy kind of when it does slow down Um, yeah for me what happened was around 2010 Mm -hmm. uh which is after 10 years of riding um i had uh had two two main sponsors forum and dc mm-hmm. and uh it was weird because they were actually both a boot and board company which is like riding for nike and adidas at yeah. the same time yeah but the way my con i got on dc boots first and then i got on forum snowboards mm-hmm. but then forum started making boots and dc started making snowboards so it gets confusing weird but yeah, yeah. So, so all of a sudden i'm on like oh you know like these what it's like yeah yeah it's a weird place to be but you already had the contract so it's kind of not your fault right you know right and then what and then i'm getting paid like the full amount as a pro for one and the full amount of pro for being for the other so essentially i'm getting two like yeah that's weird yeah yeah yeah. so that's my my agent kind of worked that out and so good agent (laughs) i know he's the best yeah he killed it and so um so he staggered those contracts uh so that they would end when I was 30 and then I was going to, cause they each were like, Hey, come to us head to toe, like quit the other company. So he was staggering those until I was 30 in order for me to do that. And then I get a five year deal till I'm 35. And in that time I can start kind of figuring out like your next move my next or whatever. Move. Yeah. And, and so, um, and so when I turned 30, it was basically and in 2010, which is like, one or two years after the economy crash. Oh yeah. So we, on the same day, DC called me and we're like, Hey, um, you know, we know that forum has been wanting you head to toe. Like we don't have any money. So go and ride for them. Just take the big paycheck buy out, ride for them for five years. And I'm like, dang. All right. Like, thanks for the call. Yeah. Quick. Get on the phone with forum. Hey, I want to sign with you guys for the next five years. I'll, I'll go head to toe. And they were like, Oh, they're like, well, aren't you going to go to DC? Like you <gasps> thought you were going to go to DC. Oh no. And so in one day oh. I went from making like, like a bunch of money, like way, it's way six figure type mm-hmm. money to zero money oh, in one my day. God. And it was like crazy. And this was like right towards the end of your career. Yeah, pretty much. Oh. Because then at this point I'm so branded with those companies Fuck. and I'm so like attached to them that all these other companies are like, dude, we're not, they even, I would call, I called all these companies that my agent did. They're like, dude, yeah, Eddie's great. He's one of the top guys, but he's so, bra- everyone's, nobody in middle America is going to know he's not on DC for another three or four years. And then he's going to be 34 years old and not. Oh yeah. my God. Yeah. That's so terrible. Yeah, so it was pretty. Oh my heavy. goodness. 
Oh my God. So that is like really crazy. So what is that like, what happened? I don't even know what to ask. Yeah. Well, uh, I mean, uh, at first I definitely was just in a little bit of denial and I'm like, that was probably a really rough day. It it (laughs) was and it wasn't because, uh, again, I was never, well, and granted this it it has changed a bit because at this point i have like three houses and i'm like i you Mm -hmm. know was i i'd like i wasn't pouring crystal on my head but i was like i had you know i had obviously gotten used to a A certain certain a certain lifestyle yeah and i wasn't and you worked hard for it you know yeah and i and i wasn't you know i didn't have you know a porsche or a bmw or anything crazy like i had my truck i had my house and and my other house i was like renting out to people so but it's still i was like oh shoot okay so now i have zero income but it was i don't know it was a weird time i was just kind of a little bit in denial right like like oh either they're gonna call me back in a few days and be like hey we figured it out like you're back yeah yeah yeah. um or they were gonna or another company was gonna call me and say we want you we want you on because you know it was 10 years of um uh, you kind of get used to people being like, oh, we want, we want yeah. a part of this. We want a part of well, this. Well, I, I don't know what that's like yet, but that, I mean, I'm kind of like, I can imagine. I yeah. mean, to some degree. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. I understand what, but, but I, uh, I'm more just saying because I, I think that it's something where you like have these, like, like I had that in a corporate sense because right. I was, I didn't work for like a DC or, but like in, in my job, I would have been the person that kissed your ass and told you those things. And then I would have been the person that took it away. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's actually like kind of what I can, like what, something about what I used to do, but, all, but also that was like where I had the rise and the fall with, yeah. with my career as well, you know? Right. Um, so I can, I can only, but see, but the difference though is it's so different because for me, like my, with my experience, I got to like a very high like place corporate wise and then I realized I didn't want it. So I walked away from it and everyone thought I went nuts. And then I was like, no, I want to pursue this other thing for like no money and like blah, blah, blah. But in your case, it's like you, it's so different because it's like you, this is what you worked for. You didn't expect any of this in the, literally all you expected from day one was like free lift tickets and maybe some free like boots or whatever. So then you just got these things that you never really cared about. But then it's still hard to probably process like what, what, where do I go from here? You yeah, know? Yeah. And it was, and it was, it, but, um, so anyways, after that, you know, I, I got a couple small sponsors and I was able to like pay the bills for a little bit longer, but it was, um, but I eventually, um, like, and again, this, I, I sold all my houses, but I also wasn't really like, I don't know. I wasn't, I never was hung up on like my having my house. Like the material stuff. Yeah. And I wasn't like, uh, you know, like, oh my gosh, like this house is me. Like this defines me. I was just like, this is a sick, dope place to hang out. Like, yeah. 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 And, um, and yeah. And I still agree. It's cooler than, you know, uh, whatever not having a house but yeah but also well it's yes nice. having a house is better than yeah. not having a right house. but then also you know i always say there's like there's you can look at everything two ways and and i never wanted to be bitter i never wanted to like i have a lot of friends who've got you know cut from their teams and then they get bitter at the industry because you feel like you are getting pushed out of the industry like you feel like everyone hates you um that you're not good enough to be around everybody anymore and you get this 
and but on the, most of that's just in your head yeah um now that i've realized that now but it's like um but still sponsors the sponsorships getting pulled from you they don't help the endorsements right. the yeah. you know like people that used to like stalk you or be up your ass right. or like now like not answering the phone because they made money off you right and that's when you remember at the end of the day that this is a business for yeah. a lot of people around you who you r- made friendships right. with, right? right? Well, Kevin Jones was a really big part of from the beginning because he went through this almost like when I was meeting him a bit. Mm, interesting. And so from, you saw that. Oh, from the beginning, he was like, I'm, and he, he was definitely not very uh, excited about uh his him getting cut from companies and stuff and he he was like none of these people are your friends like you know they're only in it because you're doing this they're only in it for the money they're like they're gonna turn their back on you someday and i i and i i knew that always but i also he always helped remind me of that so yeah do you think that helped prepare you i think it did but i also think that regardless like i am i just always i just feel so grateful no matter what like yeah i think if you are a homeless person in the u.s you are more fortunate than like most of the world yeah uh you know so i have a, always try to really really like uh keep a perspective on i mean there are millions and millions and millions of people who are in really bad shape right and like i can't sit here and be mad because this snowboard company won't sponsor me like yeah you know, it's like it's it's a first world problem right big time and you get to and you got to live your dream for however long now totally. now when these sponsorships were being pulled from you were you still riding oh yeah yeah i was still yeah. riding a lot and then when they, they they left i actually called one of my homies and we actually i was i couldn't get money to get me sponsored to ride in any films or anything mm-hmm. so i was like let's create our own film company so we just started going out and filming ourselves and got a filmer and then we did that for like a year or two um but then you just again it was the economy crash killed snowboarding and it killed like the whole industry as far as money goes yeah so um there wasn't any money coming in from that stuff so you know i kind of like held on to the dream until for until i was about 34 Mm -hmm. which was about three years ago and then um and then i was like all right like i gotta figure something else out you know um and then on to that which is trippy and i've been realizing this now is here's another thing is you you feel like the second you're done like all these companies are going to call you and say hey do you want to be a team manager do you want to be in marketing do you want to do this because oh my gosh you know and yeah that doesn't happen at all like uh you know it's do they have other people doing that or just like that just doesn't happen yeah i think they have other people doing it and then i think this is a big part of it which i have actually realized in the past year is that you know for the 10 years that I was being a pro snowboarder and like getting to travel the world and doing all this crazy stuff, you know, um, like for example, some of the kids I met back when I was 20 who were into it and then they were trying to be pro and they didn't make it. They were like, okay, like I'm just going to get a job in the industry. So they started off on these low level, like interning and da da da, And then they went up to be like, Oh, I'm going to do like assistant team manager, team manager, marketing, director Mm -hmm. of marketing, global director of marketing, da da da. So now, it's like crazy because I'm like 35 now and or wait, I'm 36 and <laughs> so I'm 36 and it's so funny because I'm done like a f- done snowboarding and all these other kids who were janitors and stuff who were pro who didn't turn pro. Mm-hmm. They're all now like I can name a list of them. They're all like global marketing managers. Oh, shit. And wow. Now here's me who got to go and live my dreams and be this, you know, big fancy snowboarder. Yeah is now 36 with a high school education and 
that's it. And like, it took these guys 15 years to work them their way up to where they are. And now, and these guys were like big fans of me and stuff. And now I'm like going to them, asking them for a job. Like, dude, yeah. can, I, can I do anything for you? Like, pay me anything. It's very interesting. It's a trip. But you know, if you had to, it is, that's very trippy. It's just such a, it's just, it's just something that like, you weren't thinking about at the time and at the end of the day like they idolize you and, and still do because of what you're able to accomplish but if you could go back and do it all over again you would never be them you know you right like you would yeah and not not to not putting no, no, them but down. No, no 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 i'm just saying I, I, that's not what i not like them personally i mean like you would i would do the same thing you would be if as as would they they would have been professionals right. snowboarders as well so it's a very interesting dynamic but at the same time i i think that's such a yeah it, it, it's like so crazy that that's where things are like it's flip-flopped you know yeah and you know one of the things i was just i was thinking while you were talking about sort of getting into that like next phase of like what is my life and what am i doing next and um it makes me think about like, you know, I, I sort of think the same thing when I or I thought the same thing when I came out of like the corporate world. Actually, I've only recently thought about this, but because I'm a comedian and it's like, you know, it's a very saturated market. We don't make any money right. like at all, you know, and um, unless, you know, it, it's very hard to make it. And, and I believe in it and I'm, I'm really good at it. Um, and I get booked from it and stuff. Right. But I also thought, you know, I've got this other skill that a lot of the people in my marketplace don't have. For you, it's like kind of the reverse. But what I decided was I might, maybe I'll just create a market. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. for comedy or, or for something like that that doesn't exist today because I, I, I'm from like this corporate world, they have events. Right. I mean, they might not be on ESPN or they might not be on Comedy Central, but right. they have events. And so I decided to take everything that I've learned up to this point and try and this actually what I'm working on right now I've never talked about it on the podcast before but just but create a market that doesn't exist you got into a market right. that didn't exist well, that, that was starting to exist, exist. Yeah. so much so that your parents were like what <laughs> and you know and so uh, and so now that market is saturated but there but it so to me it's sort of like the opposite I just think that's interesting but I don't know if you've thought about anything like creating something again that like is a part of like who you are and what you've done, but maybe cause it doesn't exist yet. Does that make any sense? Like yeah, no. snowboarding is not like football, like where football has been around right. or baseball is like one of our oldest sports. Right? right. So like everything that you can do to capitalize off of the sport by not playing it has been done, but that hasn't been done in a lot of extreme sports, snowboarding being one of them. Right. Yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know. I just, it just kind of, I just went on a little bit of a rant there, but no. I don't know if you've thought about anything like that, like doing something with snowboarding that maybe hasn't been done yet, like post career. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, uh, I, that's basically what I sit around and think about, <laughs> you know, and yeah. and yeah, I mean, I've been doing, um, you know, these web series with Transworld snowboarding. Oh, I was going to say, I saw them, uh, Eddie's wall. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I saw that. I actually saw a how to, um, that you did. Uh, I didn't, re I didn't watch it yet, but yeah. I saw that you did a how to, I don't, maybe, I don't know, but it, if it's like how to do like a rail or something or what did you do something like that? Oh yeah. But that might've been older probably. Okay. Yeah. It might've been from 2015 because yeah, that might've been a bit older. So like now what we've been doing is essentially, it's kind of like a video podcast and it's on, it was on Facebook live. Okay. We did it for the past two years. And, um, 
interviewing you know pro snowboard, other pro snowboarders and then um and that that's like going really well and just that's awesome you know, doing hosting and stuff i so. found it on pinterest and oh, uh, yeah, oddly enough crazy. i know i well i'm a girl and i'm yeah. on pinterest yeah. so i don't know but um but yeah i found on there and i wanted to tell you this too that yeah, wait, there's a joke if you're <laughs> it's like tell me this comedian he was just like if you're a guy and you have Pinterest, then you're probably not Pinterested in women. <laughs> <laughs> That's yeah. really good. Yeah. <laughs> hey, look. And uh, although I Pinterest is pretty, I, I had it for like a little while. It's pretty cool. I don't really like have a use for it, but it is. I like the platform. So here's okay. So here's why I think Pinterest makes sense. I'm not like really the girliest girl in the whole world. Like I love sports. I play sports, and I, that doesn't mean that I can't be girly because I'm certainly there's things about me that are female what girly but like i love pinterest because i'm always making stuff yeah like i'm building a headboard out of uh wood right now in my um garage right. and i needed and pinterest has like shown me like four different ways i can do it oh yeah that's sick because it's a lot of do-it-yourself kind of yeah, stuff that's you right. know yeah. yeah so like if you go on pinterest too it's like a lot of like do-it-yourself like uh maybe that's why you were on there because it's like uh, teach yourself how yeah, to do this or how whatever. To, how to, yeah. Yeah, so if I, like, I want to learn how to do something, I I don't Google it. I go there. Oh, that's insane. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, so, I've never even thought of that. And yeah. it's like, yeah, it's definitely... But I mean, I think it's probably because it was like created... I don't even know who created it, but like it's just become this like, oh, it's super girly kind of a thing. Right. But I'm like, and people are always like, oh, Pinterest, you're such a basic white girl, you right. know? And I'm like, whatever, motherfuckers, I'm building a <laughs> yeah. fucking headboard out of pallets. I'm sawing shit yeah, out there, yeah, okay? Yeah, yeah. Pinterest made me buy a saw. I should yeah. not, I mean, I, I mean, I, I should own, I can own whatever I want, but like, I don't really, like, nobody's ever taught me how to use a saw. I'm just right. doing it, you know? Right. But um, yeah, so you're on Pinterest, just FYI, but it's not girly. It's, 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 it's a do it yourself. I just, think like men associate it with like women right like I yeah it's weird because i feel like it got that stigma somehow i'm again oh I, it's totally girly yeah. like men are like oh we're going on there right, you know right, and right. i mean as a comedian like there's def i've told jokes about pinterest where like the women get them and then right. the men are like what's that you right, know because right. to your joke that is actually very good and i've never heard that before <laughs> not pinterested in women <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> um that's really good um i don't remember where we were because i go off on tangents but um, you're on Pinterest. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, we were just talking about retirement and uh, all that stuff. And you know yeah. what I think is really cool, though, and I want to say I, I like what I like what interests me. I like I like do this pot. I do the podcast. I started doing it for fun because I love sports and I love like really just like how people are connected to something that feeds their life and if, if they get to make it their profession like which is I think what a lot of us are trying to do um then that's just like you get to live your your best life kind yeah, of a thing yeah, yeah. and and so I love talking about just like how how those things work and like how you got there and like for you to just be so like this is what I'm doing like you said it we've said it a couple times I literally talk about this on the podcast all the time like it's so hard to like even know that and I've said like I watch these like like Simone Biles or something and I'm like see that like she's one of those or like Oprah Winfrey or yep. somebody where they're like one of those rare people like you that just knew what they wanted and so many people don't know yeah. that you and know like I said I feel uh grateful that and like kind of blessed that I had that uh passion yeah um, but it was definitely a very like there was not any uh and again, this is fortunate, but there was never like a question. Like I, it was just like a, 
like, yeah, I'm going to move out west and be a pro snowboarder. Like, that's what I'm going to do. That's you know? awesome. Yeah. And you did it. And it, that's so bold. And so it's just like, it's so like great for other people to, I think that's very motivational for people to hear because it's like hard enough for people to like, you know, figure out what they want in life as it is. And you're, you're fucking like 18 and you're like, yeah, I'm going to go like work for free somewhere and like live in, uh, you know, like my company's provided house and like make no money. Like, I think just think that's really bold and really brave. And that's like, that's a real, like a really neat thing for people to hear because I, I just don't think that, that's very common and yeah. and it's not and it's it's really like you know it's the exception to the rule i would say but it's where we're all trying to get it's like that silver lining yeah. you know yeah um and i wanted to ask you uh a, a ball unless you told it already but no, the, a baller story yeah and actually that ties into the exactly what you're talking about okay good so yeah the baller story is oh wait real quick before we get onto that please though. i have all the time in the world by the way yeah. we can just talk I forever probably have yeah i have like two minutes okay no. but no <laughs> i'm a very busy man just kidding no <laughs> um no um but uh uh what is it oh no well ran because i know you're into um uh, like uh actual sports i guess you could call it but uh, the the first baseball game i, game I ever mm-hmm. went to uh-huh. was a dodgers game in here in la and i was the throwing the opening pitch shut up yeah which is trippy oh my god that's the first baseball game you went to yeah how'd you get to throw it it was just some the dodgers have like a thing a deal with mammoth and they were like and i've ridden for mammoth for a long time and they were like oh maybe one of your pro riders would want to um would want to throw it and then i was like that's yeah. so cool so it was neat. i had to go practice and i broken my shoulder three times so i was like oh my out God. there i i had you broke a, your shoulder three well, times no, i actually no i shattered my uh clavicle uh once but i had to get three surgeries to ah, fix it. you know yeah. nbd it's yeah. like and, same yeah. you know and then but same anyway, diff. <laughs> so that's my right arm so i can barely throw i throw a baseball oh. like an idiot and so i'm like i had to practice before and i'm like uh and they're they're the it's so far away those pitchers and pitchers that's mounts. a lot of people oh yeah a lot of people and how'd you young. feel about that it was it was cool i mean i was just kind of all i wanted to do was make it to the plate and, and yeah I, I just threw like a huge lob ball like it went way up but it made it to him and he caught it so i was like that's awesome i just didn't want to try to like do the line drive and it bounces like oh, eight feet yeah, yeah 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 no or you just like completely like throw as hard as you can and you just like throw it completely off way mark. way oh, off and i feel somebody. like that Oh God! Can you imagine? Yeah. That would be so embarrassing. Yeah, yeah. That's so cool, though. Yeah. That must have been a really cool moment for you. Yeah, so that was pretty neat. Um, just to except it was the Dodgers, it wasn't the Phillies, but yeah, you yeah, know, yeah. whatever. We won't hold it against you. But yeah. Um, <laughs> but anyways, okay. So I just figured I'd mention that. To that's you. really um, cool. No, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, that's one of my goals is to throw a baseball at a Phillies game. Oh, I, I have a uh, Lenny right Dykstra there. ball on Dope. my, yeah, on my uh, coffee table. Cause that's what most people have, but yeah. I, I really am like, you're talking to a real Philly sports fan right that's here. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, that's really cool. I, I just, that's one of like my future goals is to throw that at, Epic. yeah, Epic. at any game, but preferably the Phillies. Phillies so that's sure. really cool. Okay. Your baller yeah, story. So the baller story, I guess, uh, which is kind of the, uh, Oh, hello there. Now she's being very sweet. So Ka- so update on Callie the Bulldog. She had to have about four timeouts, but she somehow knows, because she's not as stupid as she as she pretends to be, she knows that we're getting towards the end of the podcast, so now she gets really sweet. It happens every time. And she's like, if I don't get up in there, 
and start making my moves on our guest Eddie here, he's going <laughs> to be gone. So I got to get use my flirty girl ways. I got to give him my hand, my paw. Oh my I got to give him my like little puppy dog <laughs> eyes. Her little chicky tugget, chicken nugget tail is uh, twitching back here. And pretty soon she's going to be on her back, Eddie, showing you that she has eight nipples. Oh. <laughs> she's, See? She's literally tapping Completely me, different dog, right? Tapping me on the shoulder what, right from now. The, a different dog from when you first walked in, huh? Yeah, crazy different. I actually think I need to learn things from her. She's... she's. She I looked, think she had her own uh, bottle of red wine in the I, kitchen over yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. She's She got... Something was happening in there, <laughs> but she's... Uh, She's not going to let you go without, uh, you know, <laughs> without doing, making all her moves. So just FYI. <laughs> all right. Baller all right, story. Baller story. Um, yeah. So the baller story for me is, is um, essentially how this all started. I was at this little video rental store in near Rome, Pennsylvania. And, um, and I, at this time, was uh, in Little League. Uh, I was, you know, on the basketball team, mm-hmm. I was uh, playing soccer. You know, I was your all-American little kid. Yeah. And we were in this little video store back when they actually you would go rent a. I remember those, a, yeah, a, 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 and especially in mountain towns, like those, yeah. they probably still exist to some degree. I don't I know. know. Mammoth, I think Mammoth might still have one. Take two video. I think they still have one. Huh? Crazy, but um, I think it's still there actually. Uh, but so. We, Take two video, unofficial sponsor yeah, of this exactly. podcast. I'm like, yeah, plug. <laughs> yeah, right. Three <laughs> DVD rental for Eddie. No, just kidding. Um, no, so, uh, so we, um, uh, sorry. You were working. Uh, yeah. So yeah. no, no, no. So, so uh, my mom. I was about 12 years old, I think, and my mom. Uh, we were driving home from somewhere, and we went to go rent a movie, and we were in this little uh, video store, and I remember the. It, we're, we're in backwoods Pennsylvania so the video store the floor I always remember because it smelled like manure because it was like right next to a farm and all the farmers oh, would come in yeah. and the ground was like basically oh, full of manure oh and so their shoes yeah it yeah. stunk so it was an old dusty video store and um, I looked down on the bottom shelf and there was this weird video and it had this like guy on like the board with wheels like he was on a skateboard mm-hmm. but I didn't I had kind of like knew what a skateboard was but not really or anything and I like saw this video and how old were you again? 12 okay and 1992 so this is in, so I pick it up and I was like, oh, and it was called Gambling for Gravity. And I remember, and I'm looking at, I remember what the cover looks like now and everything. And I was like, whoa, this is pretty neat. And I was like, mom, can I, can I rent this? And she's like, yeah, sure. So I got home that day. And before this, like I said, normal could do doing whatever. Yeah. And when I got home and I, I put that in the VCR, I, it came on and it was like, as if there was like a holy light coming out of the clouds shining down on the TV and like I it was this moment that changed my entire life wow and and I don't know what it was I was like mesmerized and I had never skated before I never but I was just completely mesmerized by what they were doing and I could not believe it looked like magic like how are they doing this stuff with their feet and how is the board leaving the ground and all of this stuff and um and I I literally watched that video that night like 10 times. I think my wow. mom thought I was like mentally ill. <laughs> and then woke up in the morning, watched it until we had to return it. And then when we went back, I asked them if I could buy it. And they were like, yeah, for, you know, 20 bucks. So then I went home and went to work with my dad for a while or whatever, got the money, went back and bought it. And then I watched it. And then I and at that point, I was like, I am now a skateboarder. That's what that's what I'm doing for my, the rest of my life I will be a skateboarder and 
I like they were all wearing baggy clothes at the time and stuff. So I yeah. like went to my dad's room, got an old pair of his jeans, cut off the bottoms of them. They were like obviously way too big for me. I was mm-hmm. 13 years old at that time or 12 and put those on. And I was like, I'm escape. And then that I had saved up. I put a skateboard on layaway. Talk about old oh school. Oh my God, layaway. layaway. So I, I put the skateboard on way, layaway from a Kmart and I paid, you know, five bucks a week for a couple months and then finally got the skateboard. And then we had this tiny piece of concrete at our house that was like um, 10 feet long. It was like a front porch type thing. And uh, I just skateboarded back and forth for like for, for hours and hours and hours. Again, my mom literally thought I was like, <laughs> lo- like, oh, our son's a little off, you know. Um, and uh, and and that is like my ballers moment because that like changed my entire course for my whole life and I've never looked back and oh my gosh well you know that's such like a shaping experience of your life like one of the most you know our life is a series of moments I sound like a Hallmark card but like it's but it is and it's like that one of that moment like literally shaped the rest of your life and that's some like Rudy shit right there dude Rudy yeah that's my favorite movie oh my god it is that's one of the reasons that I pursued snowboarding i was like if rudy rudiger can do it i can do it oh my god rudy rudiger i knew you were gonna know oh my god i know i love notre dame yeah i actually that's so funny because a couple times during your story i'm thinking man that's like some rudy determination (laughs) man and like that you don't see that except for in a movie like your whole story is a movie but i mean maybe that's it you should make a movie like i think so but i uh i by the way just side note on rudy i love that movie and i was so fucking pissed because i had the dvd and then i i don't really watch dvds anymore but like i i don't even have cable but then i like really wanted to watch it one night and i opened it up and it was like jane fonda's work workout or oh, no. I swear to God I don't know what happened but it, it wasn't Rudy something weird happened so um I was like all pissed and then a couple years and I kept thinking about oh I need to see that so the other night I had like I went out to dinner I had like two I was really drunk I had two bottles of wine <laughs> I come home I turn on the tv it's the beginning of Rudy and I was yes. like well I have a half a bottle of wine left so guess what's happening oh, four o'clock in the morning I'm crying. Oh, yeah. I've had three bottles of wine, and I'm like, oh, God, he's so good, this movie. Oh, yeah. And uh, Sean Austin, that's yep. his name, right? Yep. And, my, and then uh, I told my friend the next day, and she goes, you're an asshole. Why did you stay up all night and watch? Like, why did you th- drink three bottles of red wine and watch Rudy? Yeah. And I'm like, I, you know, and she's like, of course your eyes are swollen today. I'm like, because it's just the best, and it's a true story. Yeah. And we live based on the fact that those things can happen. Right. And I want to say, before I even said that thing about brought Rudy up, that I think a lot of your story has, like, very Rudy-esque, like, yeah, moments. Yeah, thank you. I yeah. appreciate that. And I saw Rudy for the first time when I was probably... Uh, 14 years old and uh, just after I started skating and snowboarding and I, that was a, honestly a huge moment because he was like a East Coast kid like our story yeah. and I was just like I'm like oh he when you said you can always come home and work in construction, I literally thought that's the first time I thought of Rudy. Yeah, you in this. can always come back and work at the factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Dude, that's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It, and he also wasn't like you mentioned. You weren't like this. You weren't like at the height of being the best at it yet. No. And neither was he. So right. that's another part. So yeah, I mean, it, you're Rudy. Yeah. If, uh, you're the Rudy <laughs> of snowboarding. <laughs> Except you Thank made you. it a lot further in your career because I, I don't know how far he really made it in the end. But we don't need to think about that yeah. because. 
the, where the movie ends is perfect I, enough. 100%. That's so funny. That's your favorite movie. And my yeah. favorite movie is Back to the Future 2, which we talked about, <laughs> yes. um, which is why I have this amazing TV screen on that we talk about, which yes. is basically just Chromecast that I don't know how to use. <laughs> um, and if any, and if you ever smoke weed, and I always say this on the podcast, smoke weed and just watch the get Chromecast and only don't ever use it just watch the TV oh, the screensavers screensavers because it's beautiful you're just gonna be I could stare tripping. at this for hours yeah <laughs> well I want to thank you so much for being on the podcast this has yeah. been amazing yeah, and thank um, thanks for staying over time I know you had plans yeah all uh, thanks for tolerating all Callie's 15 different moods she's a Scorpio so yeah. I don't know if you know about them um, but no this has been so awesome and like I said I oh and I meant to tell you this too um I, uh, so I am younger than you, but like I'm in my thirties. I hate to, I'm so weird about my age. I'm, you know, women yep. are so weird, but, um, I remember, uh, cause I started snowboarding like earlier, or I think early before it was like a th- the, th- like the main, like more mainstream. Yeah. And I actually, uh, knew who you were oh, cool. when I was younger oh, no way. because my ex-husband was so into it. Uh, nice. Like I even have, um, snowboarding. I, you made me think of it. I have a snowboarding book. I've never even read it. Oh, it's like, like I have stuff that people don't have though, because. Right he was so 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 into it he's the one who taught me how to snowboard and um and uh i remember you and a um travis uh price uh, uh parker 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 yeah. yep and um a guy or, or or travis rice maybe no travis rice it yeah. was travis rice yeah, yeah, yeah. and travis parker right. i just yep. mixed up their it's two different people yeah, yeah, yeah. and then a guy named i think is mont montoya Mo- yeah mark frank montoya montoya because yeah, yeah. he used to remind me of uh Montoya from uh, Princess Bride. Anyways, yeah. but like, yeah, I I felt like I I was like pretty like I like didn't know him as well as he did, but for like the early two thousands, like I was I knew like enough to be dangerous. So I knew I actually was like uh, probably watching you guys all on TV, like because he he made me watch every single fucking snowboard video that ever existed. But it's what formed my love before I knew I loved it. Oh, that's amazing for snowboarding. Yeah. So anyway, um, thanks for that. Yeah. So where can people find you? Um, what's your handles and all that stuff on social media? Just uh, Instagram at Eddie Wall. And then um, at Eddie Wall. And then also uh, stay tuned for that uh, Life After X documentary that's uh, coming out in early next year because Eddie's in it. And then I also watched another thing with you, but I think it's kind of old f- forum. Or against him? Or, or against him. Yeah, 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 I watched that on YouTube. That was really cool. cool. It was like, uh, if and so anyways, I, I would recommend that too. So I don't know if you would, but yeah, you were no, in it, so cool. I hope you would. Okay, well, thank you guys so much for always tuning in, uh, rating the podcast, reviewing us. Like, uh, I can't even like thank you enough for all the downloads that we've been getting, all the positive reviews. You are really helping us climb the charts on iTunes. So please continue to rate and review the podcast. Uh, send us your feedback at playing W balls. Remember, it's not playing with balls because I've had this message before. It's playing W balls at gmail.com. Um, if you have any suggestions, questions for Eddie, anything like that, I'll make sure he gets them. And thank you as always for tuning in. And thanks, Eddie, again for being here. Thank you very much. All right. Bye. bye.